What's up, my brother? Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Flip the Record, episode 27. Six? Seven. Six. Seven. 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 Six and a half. <laughs> it is six and a half, truly. One album today, folks. You're getting a quick in and out. 30-minute lunch break episode. Yeah, I don't have a quirky name for this yet, but I think this could be something that if one of us is going to be traveling or whatever, which is the case for me this week, we Easy can hitters. Yeah, whip this out in a half an hour. And the idea for this is I was on Metacritic, which I go to about once or every week or two. And I looked under the music category and I saw Olivia Rodrigo's new album had a Metacritic score of like 90, which is extremely high. So I, cl- I clicked on it. I read a couple of the reviews. It was like the fifth best ranked album of the year from a critic score. I think the user score was like eight point something, eight point four or whatever, which is still pretty good. But I was thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, like a ninety, you know, ninety for uh, essentially like a, a, I don't know if you want to call her a pop star, uh, but she's twenty years old, and I was like, damn, like I, I kind of want to check out this album just to see, you know, what all the the critic buzz is about. Sure, sure. And I think it'd be fun to do that for some albums that get like a ninety plus, just to go in and, and review it ourselves and see what we think. It's not a bad idea necessarily. I think we'll run into some walls where we're like, holy shit, we got to do, I don't know, Sabrina Carpenter this week. Well, that's why I picked Olivia Rodrigo's like much more mainstream than the other albums that get those types of scores. Right, right. Um, Yeah. But it it is an interesting idea because it's not something you or I would ever pick off the shelf. So. Fuck it. It's it's kind of similar to the sampling platter in a, in a sense, but really just get one quick out the door. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So, Guts is the name of the album that we're reviewing today. This dropped... This dropped like a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, I think it's September 7th, maybe. Okay. Let's go with, let's go with early September. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so to set to to set the stage, Olivia Rodrigo had one prior studio album before this, and she kind of blew up on uh, a couple of her singles. I think it was Deja Vu, Deja Vu, Good for You, Good for you and Driver's, Driver's License. License. Yeah. yeah, with Good for You being the biggest hit of yeah. those three. I was gonna say that was the one that stood out to me. That one got a bunch of hype because Haley Williams helped her write it. Um, notably, she's had influences from Taylor Swift, from Gwen Stefani, all sorts of. A lot of like alt rock um, or even like big time pop stars now um, really like get putting names under her belt as like people that are supporting her music career, which is really fucking cool. Yeah. So you want to talk about this holistically first or you want to do song by song and then holistically at the end? Uh, Let's do a little holistic and then get into it Um, because I think this is interesting. Right. And so what I just mentioned where she's getting this influence from alt rockers, let's say Gwen Stefani is a great example of this where. Gwen Stefani starts in No Doubt, and No Doubt starts as kind of this kind of like pop rock, alt rock group. Um, you know, al- along the line, Gwen Stefani went more of the pop route, which is, you know, it's whatever. But like No Doubt was kind of a big time alt rock group in the 90s, which is sick. Um, you know, again, a group we're going to cover next week. Another similar thing where Paramore starts out as this pop punk icon through the 2000s. Mm, early 2010s um and then kind of softens into a pop poppier scene um that's the kind of track i think we're looking at for olivia rodrigo here but it's Mm -hmm. interesting too it's a little bit different because you could also look at her career in the context of 
Disney Channel actors, actresses that have transitioned themselves into musical careers and kind of look at it that way, too. So in that category, you got Demi Lovato, you got Selena Gomez, Selena Gomez, you got Ariana Grande. Yeah, uh, probably forgetting one or two others. Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus. Um, and other like Demi Lovato is probably a decent comp here. Um, just because she does more of that rock stuff. And I guess Miley does, too, now. Like, I've, yeah. heard, I've seen Miley do covers of rock songs. She's got a little bit of that grit to her. Um, so it's just interesting to see her break out. But that being said, given that she's 20, 20 and still fairly well known for Disney Channel like time or Disney Plus time, it, this is fairly aggressive music for being a Disney Channel pop star. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think for me, what's most impressive is the songwriting for her only being 20. Some of the songs, I, I, I kind of divide up this album into like two facets. Like one of them is like songs that if you're in her demographic, like if you're like a 20 year old girl or around that age, you can probably relate to a lot of the stuff she's singing about. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's what music is, you know, right, it's not going to appeal to everyone. Right. And then the other half of this album are songs that I think anyone can relate to, which is like songs like um, uh, the the Grudge, yeah, and Vampire maybe, yeah, and Vampire. And there's a couple others where it's like, for her to write these songs at 20, and they can appeal to, in my opinion, anyone. It's super super impressive. Yeah, I was reading a Rolling Stones interview she did, um, and that was a cool thing she pointed out. They were asking her about her songwriting. And she goes, I think the most important part of songwriting is specificity, mm. um, which kind of keys in on that point. Because you could write, you know, generic pop rock tune of the two- 2020s and, right. and like you'd still be big. But to have the the wherewithal to put that together and be like, no, I'm not just like I'm not just doing this for the money. Somebody can write this shit. and I'll get up on a mic and figure it out. Um, think think Ariana Grande. <laughs> uh yeah, no, it, it's really fucking cool. And she's styling her music, and she plays some stuff. She plays guitar. She, she plays, plays piano. piano. Yeah. Um, you know, she's she's not just some Disney Channel, like, drop in the hat. Like, no, she's very musically she's gifted. talented. musically gifted. Yeah. Um, would I love to see, like, a, a full, uh, like, a true rock band around her? Yes. Yeah, dude. You, you kind of get that, and maybe this is a good transition into the first song off the album. Uh, All American Bitch. I think in this song you do kind of get a little bit of that rock, uh, pop rock vibe. Yeah, it it's interesting because like the verses, especially that first verse, is so like soft and sip stripped and simple. Yeah. Um, and then the choruses really kick in with like loud pop rock, which is like and, and her voice is such a great complement to the music. She's got the ability, and I'm not again like I'll I'll keep bringing up this name just because it's in the same vein, but. She's no Ariana Grande, but she's got a hell of a voice mm-hmm. and a little bit of that raspy quality to it. Like she can she can put some air under her voice, like a little bit of this, but like louder, you know, um, she's got like dutiful, like intentional, like like enunciation off words on more. Some of her more emotional songs. It doesn't necessarily play out here because this song she's given it like. Again, mid energy through the verses. Then the chorus is really good, high energy pop rock, uh, loud electric guitar, thick drums, um, like borderline yelling on the mic. It, it's cool. 
It is cool, and it's such a contrast later in the album when she has these slow, soft, like, piano ballads. But, yeah, this song is really cool, and she said about this song, you know, she's struggled with wanting to be this perfect American girl and the reality of not feeling like that all the time. Uh, and you can kind of hear that in the song. It's just, a, you know, a play on American culture and, uh, you know, just being the, the perfect all-American girl. Yeah, and I think what's interesting here with this album, as we fade away from the holistic view, is there is maybe not so subtle hints at like uh, it doesn't sound like she went to a, a traditional high school she's homeschooled yeah um it sounds like she holds some tort sort of animosity or um you know not hatred that's too strong a a, a verb or adjective but mm-hmm. it, like bucking the system kind of feeling like fuck high school fuck this institution what a crock of shit type deal and so having like your like all American as your opener kind of plays into that. You know, you got an all American quarterback, got all American this, all American bitch. It's it's a cool play on that idea right there. Yeah, and this is a great opener for the album. Oh, fantastic! I don't, I really don't think there's no other song that would have done this done is this more is justice. The, yeah, this yeah. is the unabashed opener for this album. Yeah, for sure, definitely one I would check out if you're going to check out a couple songs off the album. And then after that, it gets into Bad Idea Right, which is a song. She said this was a song that started off as a joke about her hooking up with an ex-boyfriend. And then uh, they're sitting around and she's like, oh, maybe I could write something about this. And then it kind of blossomed into that. Art comes from somewhere. Uh, Yeah, no, this is an interesting song, too. Uh, This song has kind of gone like semi-viral on social media. I've seen it kind of floating around a little bit, just the little bits in between. Um but I kind of it's an interesting song too, kind of mid high tempo, mid high energy, poppy rock song again here. Poppy drums, thick bass line with a little bit of like low tuned guitar in the verses. Um, energy picks up again through the chorus, full sounding chorus. Um, like the the vocals through the chorus are kind of like this chanting, like a bit like Shine Down, uh, where they do that like. The strip they strip the music and just let Brent like yell at the crowd a little bit. Uh huh. Um, same kind of thing there. It's a little extra poppy for me, but I'm not going to knock the song as a whole. Yeah, and I think what makes this album good is, one, it's personal to her. And uh, two, you know, she just, she's good at, she has the wherewithal to know, like, yeah, like, this is a bad idea, but, like, sometimes you just got to not care. Yeah, and I think I think that's a joke a lot of people have made with their friends. Yeah, for sure. You know, well, guys or girls, right? You're not going to go hook up with her again, right? <laughs> Ah! <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there yeah <laughs> uh. yeah so the next song i believe this was released as a single because it ha- already has like over 250 million streams gotcha, on spotify gotcha gotcha uh but this is vampire which is musically quite different from the first two songs off the album yeah this is the let's call this the b-side of what and not not because it's a bad song it's the b-side because you'll have these pop rock hits and then you'll have slow piano ballads throughout and this is the opposite and this song changes it up throughout the song yeah it's kind of interesting um sorry uh yeah so this like starts as a pretty slow strip piano ballad um she's still making it work but her energy's a little bit lower through the verse the it picks up into the chorus and then the next verse is slightly higher than the first verse. Then you get into that second chorus and the energy just kind of keeps pumping and pumping and pumping. And by the end, it's pretty, pretty like banging through the end. Right. Um, loud poppy drums kind of added in. Um, 
the vocals raise in level. The range is, gets a little little bit higher as she raises the level. Um, she's dripping uh, like the the ends of words off the mic. It's a cool track. Yeah, and she said on this one, she was upset about a situation, went to the studio alone, sat down at the grand piano, and the chords and melody and lyrics just poured out of her. Those are her words. Almost like an out-of-body experience. It's a song about feeling confused and hurt, uh, which pours out in the lyrics uh, as part of the chorus. The way you sold me for parts as you sunk your teeth into me. Oh, blood sucker, fame fucker, bleeding me dry like a goddamn vampire. See, that's, that's what I was trying to get at when I was saying that it's a bit aggressive for Disney Channel pop star. Right, right, right. But I... I I'll also go back to the the women we mentioned already. Like, pretty much all of them really struck out hard when they were done, too. Like, think Miley Cyrus, like, right post Hannah Montana. (laughs) Tough times, man. Demi Lovato, she had some other shit going on, but same kind of thing. Like, when they're done, they they make a clean break, which is kind of interesting. But regardless, I don't think it's offensive, necessarily. Uh, Like, you could say Miley, Miley Cyrus post Hannah Montana was offensive, uh, this is not that. This is just like, fuck it. I'm being myself now, which is cool. Yeah, and this is a again, this is a, a very relatable song. Yeah, I think so. Totally, hundred percent. Yeah. So up next is Lacey. Uh, and this song actually, the origins of the song were from a poem that she wrote for a college poetry class. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So the poem was called Lacey, and that's you know kind of what the genesis so of, we got the, of track, the song yeah. was. Yeah, and this is another kind of softer song here. Simple stripped, kind of traveling, low-tune guitar. Um, the engineer did a cool thing here where there were bits throughout the song, not even in, in verses and choruses, where they layer her voice on top of itself. I thought that was uh, really cool. Okay. That's, it, that's always a really cool ad, but I think especially in a stripped-down song like this, it's a cool ad because it gives it some more uh, fullness, some body to the track. Um Mid-tempo, or mid-high tempo, kind of mid-energy. Um, more of those airy vocals, kind of like what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, just a little bit more, like, I don't, know, I don't know quite how to describe it, but it's, it's cool. Um, I think she just does a great job on the mic here. It's not, like, an awesome song to me, but I think she does a fantastic job on the mic. Yeah, she's good on the mic. This might be my least favorite off the album, just slower, not not as relatable for me, but it's I'm not going to knock the song. Yeah, I hear you. And uh, I have another note on the the voice layering for another song on the album. Cool, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I so I think this next track is very very much no doubt. This is ballad of a homeschool girl. This is up tempo kind of pop rock borderline pop punk track here. Um, loud, brash, in your face shit here. Uh, kind of mid level verses, but like thick plucky guitar through. Um, fairly, uh, the, the verses are fairly generic. It's nothing crazy on the verses, but then again, like back to the choruses, she's yelling the, the band's thrashing away, uh, high tuned guitar, really picking up through the choruses. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff musically here. Yeah. This is one of the songs I was talking about at the top where if this, if you're in the demographic, like, you know, call it 16 to 20, 20, whatever year old girl, yeah. like this is probably super relatable for you. Yeah. I mean, she does great work on the song. Um, to your point, it's it's nothing crazy lyrically. Each day that I'm alive, it's social suicide. It's social suicide. Want to curl up and die. But again, I think that's just it's just relatable to people that are in that demographic. Yeah, and I, again, I, you know, obviously this is a, this is for girls about girls, but I, I don't think this is necessarily something that like uh, a a 15 year old dude wouldn't be able to necessarily relate to. You know, not everybody's the high school quarterback. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and for it's sure. Kind of that same thing, right? So. Uh, 
I, it's a cool track. It's not for me. It's not something I'll ever get caught dead listening to again. But it's a cool track regardless. Oh, I think I liked it a little bit more than you. But she did say uh, on this song, just songwriting in general, if you speak honestly about any experience, then someone is going to find truth in it. And I think that line holds true to, to this album. And that's, I think, why it got such a high scores across the board. Yeah, I feel you there. And I, I guess I want to clarify. I don't not like this song. I just think it's cringy for 25-year-old white dude to be <laughs> driving around listening to this. Yeah, I mean, it would be funny if you got caught at the red light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. So after that, it transitions into Making the Bed, which is a slower song. And Olivia said on this song, you've made your bed, now lie in it, is an expression affirming the notion that one who makes bad decisions should be ready to suffer the consequences. Right, yeah, that's uh, you know, that's something I've used on occasion here and there. Um and that's definitely the vibe for the track here. Low tune kind of. And so from here on out, I think we got one more higher energy track. Yeah. Most of this is ballads and like slower songs on the way in. Um, so we'll call this kind of a low tune ballad, mid-tempo mid piano and keyboard kind of mixed throughout. Um, you get these like thick, loud, popping, pounding drums, um, but like in a slow pace. Uh, up and down through her levels and her range here. It's a bit soft for me, but again, not going to knock it. Like good work. Yeah, and uh, some of the lyrics. And every night I wake up from this one recurring dream where I'm driving through the city and the brakes go out on me. I can't stop at the red light. I can't swerve off the road. I read somewhere it's because my life feels so out of control. Again, I mean, it's just lyrically it's raw. You know, it's what she's going through at this point in her life, and I, it's that, that's what makes this album good. Yeah, it's cool. So after that is Logical, which is another slower ballad. Yeah, Um and we'll call this like a stripped piano ballad here. It's just her and the piano getting after it. Uh, good energy on the mic throughout. Kind of quick piano, but not like, like uh, when I say quick, it's not like piano bar quick. It's very much more like uh, kind of a bittersweet vibe quick. Um, fantastic range changes and enunciations on the mic here. Um, another song where she just kills it on the vocals. Um, they give her a section later through the song. Like, after the piano's been bumping and bumping and bumping, they give her this section kind of towards the end where everything just cuts and it's just her on the mic, and she is fantastic again. Cool track. Yeah, and she's exploring, like, the irrationality of love on this. Uh, again, it's it's slower for me, but, it, again, it's lyrically, it's it's good. I and, think that, and her range is really good. That's definitely one of the themes of the album here, too, because you got songs like Love is Embarrassing, The yeah. Grudge, Pretty Isn't Pretty. Even Vampire. Even Vampire, yep. Um, that's definitely one of the themes of the album, too. Yeah, for sure. So after that is kind of the last like upbeat, like pop punk rock, whatever you want to call it, song. Yeah, yeah. This is Get Em Back. Get Em Back. Uh, and this is like thick, low tuned bumping keyboard, maybe synth, but I think it's keyboard. Um, and a little bit of guitar, kind of like these buzzy mean girl vocals. I don't know quite how else to put that, but you'll know it when you hear it. Uh, poppy rock sound through the chorus. Mid-high tempo, high energy. Um this is her fuck this guy anthem that maybe now she's got a couple now, but this yeah. is her big well, fuck this guy it, anthem. It, it kind of changes up because in the first verse, she's talking about how the guy's such a tool, but then the chorus and then the, I think the second verse they're like, Oh, I, I still want to get him back. It's like, it's like the, it, I don't know. It's just like the pendulum, like damned if I do damned if I don't, you know, that's a, uh, that's something I, I struggle with in my head. We're like, dude, when I'm done with somebody, it doesn't necessarily have to be a girl, but like, when I'm done with somebody, I'm just fucking done with them, man. <laughs> but, like, I, I watch other people deal with, with relationships, all sorts of different relationships, friendships, relationships, whatever. 
And I'm like, damn, just cut this person out. And I always think to myself, like, am I a bit too callous about this? Because I don't ever have this, like, do I, don't I? Like, once I know I'm done, I'm done, you know? But until then, I'm, I'm fully in. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever really had an experience where I broke up with a girl or, or vice versa or whatever. And then, uh, like, like, a week or two later, a month, I was like, oh, I really need to get her back. Uh, so I, I'm kind of in agreement with you there. I think I've experienced, like, the reverse of that. Um, not to brag or anything, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. This guy fucks. No. <laughs> no, but even friendships, man. Like, yeah, like, no, I know uh, what you mean. You know, it's... Um, I just totally lost my train of thought. But fuck it anyways. You get my point. Um, yeah, I don't know. But that's definitely something she battles with throughout this album here, too. Yeah. So the next song is Love is Embarrassing, which she said on this one, she wrote it three days before the album. And... Uh, yeah, turn it in like super last minute, but she was a, this is one of her favorites off the album. This is interesting because this is very like, I don't want to say raw again, but it's it's very like self conscious and like, I it's I think raw is a good way to describe it. Yeah, like the the willingness to put this out there is kind of interesting because it, it's it's embarrass it's embarrassing to even like put these thoughts on paper, you know, like holy shit, I can't believe I did this, I can't believe I did that, like, but it, it's a cool. It's a cool concept for a song because, th- again, this is very relatable. People do all sorts of shit. They're like, holy cow, I can't believe I simped for her. Yeah, and th- so this song and the next one and even the one after that are all, like, they're super relatable to, like, everyone goes through it at some point. Yeah, and musically, I don't have anything different for this song that I had for Logical. It's v- another stripped-down ballad piano here, but um, still cool work. Yeah. No doubt. So some of the rawness from the lyrics. God loves fucking embarrassing. Just watch as I crucify myself for some weird second string loser who's not worth mentioning. My God loves embarrassing as hell. So, yeah. Everybody's been there. Yep. So the next song is The Grudge, which a uh, pretty self-explanatory song about someone who's wronged you. But it's super, super raw again. She, Some of the lines here. But you know I can't let it go. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried for so long. It takes strength to forgive, but I don't feel strong. And then later in the, later on in the song, she sings, We both drew blood, but those cuts were never equal, which I think is a really cool line. Damn. Yeah, that's hard hitting. Holy shit. Um, musically here, another strip piano track. Kind of mid-tempo, lower energy. Um, a little bit more like angry isn't the right word, but maybe upset, annoyed. Um Sure. Emotion, like irritated, irritated. And you can hear it in her voice. It's so good on the mic. Um, great in enunciation, great emotion. Uh, nice work here. Yeah. Yeah. The next song is Pretty Isn't Pretty, which is essentially like a, a song about social media and, you know, feeling insecure and just, you know, feeling like you need to look like the models on Instagram. Like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you. But musically, this one does have like a. I don't know, kind of like an 80s pop vibe, maybe. Yeah, I got like a poppy pop rock kind of vibe here. Um, mid-level, kind of mid-tempo. Uh, Lower-level vocals in the verses pick up to like a full-sounding mid-level chorus. Um, guitar, like a second. The, throughout, you'll hear like a low-tuned guitar, and then a second higher-tuned guitar kind of picks up in the chorus to like fill the room a little bit. Um, this song isn't, it's probably my least favorite on the album. Um, but the fact that we're at 11 and this is the one where I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it might not be as relatable to you, but lyrically, this is raw as as raw as it gets. Uh, she opens a song with bought a bunch of makeup, 
trying to cover up my face. I started to skip lunch, st- stopped eating cake on birthdays. I bought a new prescription to try and stay calm because there's always something missing. There's always something in the mirror that I think looks wrong. Like this, that's probably as raw as it gets on the album. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty out there or not out there, but like, but again, just to pretty personal, like a lot of people, you might go through it, but to, to put it out there, like, Hey, I'm going through this, you know, hopefully yeah. you can relate to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely something people can relate to. It's, if I've heard this story once, I've heard it a thousand times, you know? Right, right. And then we close out with Teenage Dream. This is in the pantheon of, fuck, I need a song title. Give me something, A&R man. <laughs> um, and th- this is another one that's just not too crazy here. It's kind of the sad strip piano ballad again. Uh, another one I didn't love necessarily, but it's just, a, it's just this is this feels generic a little bit. Well, I, th- I, I disagree a little bit. I think this closes out the album because, one, the song is about, like, her growing up in the spotlight and how she's dealing with it. And uh, just some of the lyrics back that up. When am I going to stop being wise beyond my years and just start being wise? When am I going to stop being a pretty young thing to guys? When am I going to stop being great for my age and just start being good? When will it stop being cool to be quietly misunderstood? Like just the fact that she's going through this. She's 20. She's been on the, you know, the TV and now she's in the music. Uh, but just that she has like the self-awareness to know, like some people are saying like, yeah, like, oh, she's good. Be- but, you know, for, for being 20. And she's like, no, like, fuck you. That's not the case. Like. I'm just good. And I think I think that's pretty cool that she's aware of that. Yeah, and back let's let's round this out full circle here. Back to the, you know, the Disney Channel pop stars that come out or even let, let's throw Zendaya in this category too. It's not music, but she leaves Disney Channel and becomes a full-fledged movie star, model actress type mm-hmm. chick. Um you've seen a lot of these people struggle coming out of out of that life. It's you get cast into a certain role, especially when you're, you know, pretty young girl like that. It's you. You get kind of typecast in being what you are, sure. Regardless of how much depth you have as a human, you just you are Hannah Montana, uh, right? Right. You, you know, and so for her to to really like let it all out here and say, hey, listen, like I have so much more to me that's not like being shown. I don't know how else to show it except to put it on the twelfth track of the album here. Yeah, it, it's a cool ad, and I. I really, really hope that, you know, seeing seeing the struggle those those people go through, talking to those people, um, this is this is a better path for her than for the people before her. Mm-hmm. Because I think she has the chance to be like fucking massive, you know, massive. Yeah. Dude. Harry Styles, massive. Right. Um, and this is it. Regardless of what I think of this last track, I, I still think it's it's what you said. It's a cool way to round out the album and like just get her thoughts on the table. Yeah, and you know it's funny when I first was reading some of the reviews and seeing that the album got like a ninety or ninety one, and the user scores are still pretty high. I was like, I kind of I had my doubts before I listened to the album. I was like, not like I don't know like the chances that this is good because my impression was that she's just like a pop yeah star. pop star. Good for you. Ha ha ha. Yeah, but then when I listened to it, I was like, oh wow, like she's she's got the not only like the the talent musically but like the just the perspective of like knowing where she's at in her life and what she's dealing with like yeah it's really impressive yeah man i'm uh (laughs) i was thinking about it because i was driving down the road the other day and i was like i saw a sign olivia Olivia rodrigo coming to lca she's fucking going to lca yes i you know what's funny i looked at her website real quick too and and she's doing like the o2 arena in london like she's she's already She's huge already. But I, but I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, can can me and Joey even go to this concert again? Back to the cringy <laughs> factor. But uh, 
like I, I don't. We'll think... bring, we bring my wife. We'll be good. Yeah, exactly. But like, it, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility, man. Like, she's so it's such like well-rounded, like encompassing music that she like she hits so many demographics right outside of what you would expect from her. And I, I think the first six seven tracks definitely hit her target audience. But there's a lot of other stuff in here that is so cool that like just anybody could listen to. It's I don't know if 90 is the right number out of 100, but it's a damn good album, man. Yeah. And again, like, is the album good outside of how old she is? Yeah, of course. It's a good album. But the fact that she's only 20 to me, it, it does make it a little bit more. It's more impressive, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you don't see it a lot for sure. Uh, one one uh, uh, anecdote I want to drop before we close this episode today. Yeah. So for her first album, she did a she did a photo shoot where she was dressed up in kind of the theme of this old 70s movie. Um, famously, that Courtney Love had also done at one point. Oh, really? And so she posts this picture on Instagram from the photo shoot, and Courtney Love gets in the comments, and she's like, no way, da-da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden, Olivia Rodrigo's like, like in the comments with Courtney Love talking to her, and Courtney Love twists the script and goes sideways on her. Aw. And was like, oh, why are you copying me? da 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 just put that as a notch and another one is a Courtney Love is a total shit bag. Yeah. Because even after all that, the, the Rolling Stones interview she did, she they asked her about it. And she was like, honestly, I can't believe Courtney Love knows who I am. Like, that's so sick. The rest of it, whatever. It's just is what it is. But the fact that Courtney Love knows who I am is fucking rocks. Yeah. So I think we got Nirvana, obviously, then Foo Fighters, STP and now Olivia Rodrigo. We got four interactions so far. With Courtney Love. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, or negative reactions. Well, you know, shitheads are as shitheads do, so. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Kurt. Free Kurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyways, that's all I got for this episode, man. Cool. Uh, cool well, th- I, I enjoy doing this. Yeah, this, this is, is cool fun. listen. This is, let's let's put this in the category of the Harry Styles, like, sampling platter type Yeah, deal, for sure. You know? It's just, it's something else that we have in the repertoire. Yeah, keep it, uh, kind of keep it in the bag. Cool. Well, All right, guys. Yeah, next, next week, week we got Paramore, and then I believe it's my turn to pick someone after. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anyone yet. Oh, that's a radio tease for all you <laughs> out there. Um, all right, follow us on socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Flip the Record. Like, subscribe, review on your podcasting platforms. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you on the next one. You really think that was one of our best episodes? Fuck yeah, dude. I'm, I'm going to put that up and put it on YouTube as a, as a whole.